We're back. I am back. Barrett is back. Welcome back for another helping of Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, where every week we discuss the best in TV and film. I am Ross Bolin here with Barrett Dudley, and Mayor of Easttown Madness has officially descended upon the people. Ross, it feels good to have something that everybody is in on, at least everybody on Twitter, um, which I know is a, a tiny, tiny, small segment of the population. But that's where I go to, to, to have my opinions told to me. You know what I mean? TV Twitter so, is strong. Uh, no, I'm to just have your I'm, opinions I'm, told to you. I'm kidding. Uh, that's not how I use Twitter. But I do. I do. Sometimes appreci- it's how we all use it. I though. do appreciate uh, that, uh, you know, that I feel like a, a, a part of a community watching this TV show and enjoying it as it releases on Sunday night. And man, it's uh, it's just it's it's a good one. It's it's very good. I I have I do have today. I will probably for the first time. I'll pick a few nits with an episode. Oh, good. Okay, um, so we're gonna see because what I'm gonna do is apologize profusely. <laughs> so you'll pick the nits, and uh, I'll so apologize. I'll, I'll pick the nits, and you and and you can apologize. But uh, but yeah, man. Um, it's just uh, it's good to have a show. It's good okay, to have a so. Show. Here's the beauty of Mayor, too, is it's one of these where about a million people watch the premiere. All mm-hmm. right. That's a very small number of people. Right. When you right. look at the numbers that, you know, Netflix pulls in on some of their bigger stuff. But Disney about Plus. the same as HBO's like B level shows. And by B, I obviously don't mean quality. I mean, like the ones that are not kind of pitched up as. Sure. Like Succession is going to debut with season three with many, many millions of eyeballs. Yeah, right? several million. But like we, we, Euphoria debuted with I think just seven hundred fifty k something yeah, like that. Seven hundred fifty k. So this is this one is a little bit more relatable. Now here's, here's it's, the point: it's though. a little bit more. It has a broader it audience in week two. Yeah. Okay. So that's wow. where wow. that's where you get the it, it's crescendoing now. All yes. right. So there's yes. people hearing about the show this week who are going back and watching episode one. Yep. Yep. And that are going to be caught up by Sunday, and they're going to have several. I'm going to guess ballpark three, four millions on Sunday. Okay, right. right. The hype is undeniable. Yeah, yeah. So it's really built week by week, which is which is that's a sign of quality, an undeniable sign of quality. When you've got that level of word of mouth going, because yep. that's the only way these shows grow. And to talk about doubling from your premiere, which I would think would be the, the highest number you're going to get normally. Or, you know, it's fucking HBO. I don't know. That's that's a tough thing. To double from week one to two is crazy. And they did something around there. So I, I think that for I think that drop off is maybe what you'd expect from a network show. Right. Some like the equalizer with Queen Latifah. Like it's going okay, right, to right. you know, it's going to drag after the, it in because they get you right after right, the NBA playoffs, after the playoffs or the Super Bowl or whatever it is. And the drop off. And, then, everybody's like, this and sucks. then there's a big drop off because like. You know, it's that that those shows are more like you're casting a very wide net that first episode you're right, or two, you're right. and then you're pulling it up and hoping that you keep half of it. Yeah. But with these HBO shows and the prestige dramas, based. subscription based streamers, whatever it is, like especially with a limited series like this, which may only go one season, mm-hmm. that you you're hoping for that to for for your core you're right. audience to be the ones that watch it first, and then they, like we're doing here on this podcast, please sponsor us HBO, go on. Talk about it endlessly and I've tell everybody that they know. T- tell everybody that they know you need to be watching the show because it's the best thing on TV this right now and this year. I've decided to chirp them until someone high up enough in the executive rankings of HBO acknowledges us. Uh-huh. It's been too many years without like some yeah. type of recognition. We just want like a, you know how Q sent the one dude. The, the actual physical letter Q, if you didn't watch the uh-huh, documentary. Right, right. They gave um, him the, the blue Q. Send us yeah. something to show us to, you know we're out us, there. Yeah. Like, it does, not a Q, obviously, but like, what's the HBO version of that? An H. <laughs> Just, 
Just a giant H. The just first a giant H. blue H. The first yeah. letter in their yeah. logo. Yeah, just that. That's all. We'll take that. Or a dragon egg. Send us a dragon egg. Yeah, a real one. A real one. Thank with you. With a real, with a real dragon in it. So we're. <laughs> Yes, make that happen. You know they can. Um, we're 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 here in the week of the finale. All right, we just watched the penultimate episode, baby. Just watched the penultimate episode, um, and it's one of those where you know. I mean, we've talked about this week over week with this show. It's one of these where, like, at the beginning, I was like, "Oh, here we go, like the same old thing, detective, detective, detective." Mm-hmm. But like, she's great obviously but like other than that it's going to be this detective schlog but no they found a way to twist every every little thing that you thought was basic and make it interesting or find a way to make it emotionally captivating Mm -hmm. so that you're just like oh shit okay never mind that wasn't lame this is actually incredibly smart and well written and and well acted and and now we've hit this point obviously with the penultimate episode where there's like there's still seven suspects even with someone Admitting Having to the crime. Having confessed to the murder, yeah. Like, yeah, the second yeah. the episode ended, girlfriend was like, so who do you think did it? And I was like, well, <laughs> Billy just told us he did it. What do you mean, who do I think did yeah, it? Yeah, Billy, man. why would Billy say he did it if he didn't do it? And then you start to have that conversation, which we're going to have now. Yeah. So let's, okay, you, let's talk plot first. Yes. Right? Okay. Let's start with the Richard of it all. Was this plot, was this plot line, was this piece of the show necessary to you do you see it be it do do you see this piece of the show being redeeming in any way next week do you think that they are going to pull the rug out from under us with this piece of the plot just give me give me some give me some takes on the guy pierce richard part of this show so uh, i find really standing out here probably the most fascinating character because he has absolutely no connection to anything. Everybody else intimately connected, yes. interwoven either by blood yeah. or or by being part of the murder or by like it, there's just so many angles. The town is very incestuous, and then there's whether Guy they're Pierce. actually having sex with each other or related to each other or not. Everybody's business is just piling and overlapping on top of everybody else's business, right? And then we know almost nothing about this guy yeah. other than that he's an author. He at one point had a book that was a hit, I guess, right? Yeah, they yes. acknowledge yeah, he, that he won a big book award. Yeah, he won a big book award. He's got fans as a result. He hasn't really done shit since. Maybe it seems like nah, he's kind yeah. of a he's kind. You know, like he put it to her. He's like, "Hey, your odds are really good. I'm fucking sixty years old or fifty six years old, and I live in East Town." Yeah, and uh, and and that's kind of where he. So it's like to answer your question, why have this one guy who's disconnected? As a part of this show that mm-hmm. has really found ways to flip things on us, it, he's so suspicious now. Because it, it it has to tie in some way, right? No. So there And I'll be mad if it does. So you think that is an example of one of the... It is a, just a plain, I guess, from the crime standpoint, a red herring, but just to build on emotional character building from there. Yeah, I, it, it's, it totally relates to... Yeah, to, 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 to what Maris feeling... The burdens that she carries with her, yeah. Because um, if you think about it, the only person and, she's and, probably translated those to, yeah. Richard. And I, and, I, and I think now I do think that, and that shrink. Richard is paralleling a a little bit with um with what is her name Anne is the, is the uh, is Siobhan's girlfriend at the university. Oh so, sure, yeah. I can't remember her name. I think it's Anne. We'll call we'll the call radio her, girl. We'll that call she her started Anne right dating. now. The, those two relationships for the mother and daughter are like the 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 kind of the beacons of hope that like you could pull yourself out of this life if you wanted to 
you don't have to live in this type of misery forever, even though a part of what this show is telling us is that that's what living here is like. Everybody is drowning in sorrow because that's what this shit does to you. Yeah. And it just snowballs and rolls up until you're a 45-year-old detective breaking all the rules and like hating everything about your life. Richard is the is a little piece of hope that like if you're ever ready, I'm here. I'm going to bring you cheese steaks and rolling rocks and like you know, and my and, life and doesn't suck ass. My life doesn't suck we ass. We could we could be and together I, and it could your life could not and, suck ass right, too. And and, I, and I've got this thing in common where with you where I achieved something great at one point in my life and I've never lived up to anything else beyond that. And sort of for I mean, for Richard, that way, it's like he's he's shows mayor. Like you do not have to care about other people's expectations. Yeah. Um, and, and with the with Shaban, it's more of like a you could be more. Yes. You could do more. You could escape this whole thing. Yeah. You don't even have to go through your adult life here, figuring your family shit out and your friend shit out and your old relationship shit out, and, and you don't have to have your ex high school girlfriend living in your backyard, basically. Right. Right. And so it's so. Well, that, like weird that piece of the show has felt disconnected and like he hasn't gotten all that much screen time and it feels kind of weird because it's... You want to suspect him. Yeah, because Pierce. it's... Right, because his, his mere existence has the audience tying him into places where he probably is not tied. It implies importance. Right. But so but if they tried to tie him into that, like it's just not it's not deserved. It's not earned. It would I'm feel poorly written. It would come out of nowhere if cuz here's here's one of the scenarios I'm envisioning, right? Is that Billy did this, okay? Billy on this reunion, Billy which we started to suspect a couple episodes ago when he was very suspicious. Um he struck up a relationship with Aaron on this reunion, right? Yes. And got her pregnant. She has the baby. She's she. They both probably decided. I'm assuming. Well, we can't obviously tell people it's mine. Or at some point, she starts dating this dude and passes it off as his. Okay. Right. Yes. And and here's where I think. Here's where I'm predicting a plot twist next week. Can I can I give a? This is. I'm not reading anything. I'm just. Yeah, watch, yeah. This is purely based on watching the show, and and so this. Absolutely. Is just, I'm going to throw out a bunch th of shit. Th this is out there for for you know for you to think of. It's. I'm not like. I, I'm not reading a bunch of weird shit where it's like. Well, I documented every single time that like a blue flag is on the screen, and right. you know I'm not. <laughs> right. This is not any type of wild shit. Not a Reddit theory. John, Mayor's best friend's husband. Yes. Is acting awfully strange. With all of this. Taking Billy, the one that took Billy out there? He's like hugging him and, and consoling him after he just confesses to a murder. And talking then about Billy's brother. Yes, John. Yeah. yeah, John. And then he's telling his wife that she can't talk about any of this at all. And then he is taking his brother out on this weird fishing trip where maybe he has designs on killing him. I mean, but he's his got a brother, pistol in the tackle box. But his brother also has designs on maybe killing him? Well, I, I think like, his brother so is definitely <laughs> suspicious that he may be out there to kill him to bury this thing. But so, here's where the, yeah, here's where so, your theory comes so, in. So I'm actually, I do think that Billy killed Aaron. And I do think that Billy had a relationship with Aaron. I think John has had a relationship with Aaron as well. I think John is actually the dad. And he is trying, and, and he is, now that he has Billy admitting to the murder, he can bury this whole thing and have nothing come out, but he needs to he needs to get rid of Billy now for that to happen. Billy knows that John is actually the real dad. So the thing that I wanted to theorize was that Billy did this and then several people helped him cover it up, John being one of them. But where that doesn't make sense is if you look at the conversation, John says, I need to hear you say it. Did you kill her, Billy? Yeah. 
And he's like, yes, I did. That conversation is completely unnecessary if John was there, right? It at just the, with at the murder at the murder. Yeah, that's that's why I don't that's think John has. I don't think John necessarily has anything to do with the murder. He just had a relationship with Aaron as yeah, well, and, and, and the and kid is his. In fact, in your theory, uh, my my theory is is that even, Billy may not have even had a sexual relationship with Aaron. He may have been hosting her at his house for that three months, and why he is so antsy and gets up out of that situation is because he knows John was coming over to his house to have sex with Aaron, right? Like like I I think that. I think that John, you know, dating this Sandra woman as the other woman or whatever and like having this affair again is a weird one. It's a it's like a weird like funny. He he does this. He does this thing. We know that he is uh, a philanderer, a philanderer. And we had that whole scene where like Billy walks into the house with the case of youngling and is like yelling at him being like, somebody's got to hold him accountable. Right, right. Why would like, he be doing that he if so, he committed why is a murder? He so angry. Why is he so upset? It's with, weird. With his That's brother? why there's pieces of that don't fit. That scene in particular. Somebody's got to hold him accountable. Nobody's done it his whole life or whatever. Like, right. Somebody who commit who committed a murder recently in cold blood. Because here's the piece of this that's missing still is why Billy would kill her. No matter what, is why. Yeah. Why. Like if they had, because all, all of it was under wraps. Everybody thought this kid was this other guy's. None of it was coming to the surface unless Aaron maybe said like, I can't take it anymore. I'm sick of living this lie. Like then you could see it and maybe then, but even then, but then it's like, okay, that's where this show makes me, because the, the obvious answer is John doesn't want this drama in his family. He doesn't want his brother to be exposed for what he's done. Yeah. He thinks it's better based on his condition to just kill him, yep. dead this whole thing, it's all over. That's the obvious answer, right? right? So then right. you automatically go, well, then that can't be it. Yeah. But this show has found ways to make the obvious answer still be the correct one, yeah. but with a twist yes. or a cool, clever <laughs> spin on it, yeah. Yeah. which is then where I'm like, okay, so you you and I are pretty much ruling out Guy Pierce as a, as a crime suspect. I, yeah, it's what not. About, what about Mayor's husband, ex-husband, excuse oh, me? no, totally innocent, not involved. Not involved. The, the, the... The pieces that I'm trying to figure out are the Billy and John and who did what, basically. And then I got no idea what is happening with Dylan and Aaron's, ex- so I, Aaron's thing, best friend. The only thing I can theorize there is that these are dumbass teenagers. He's found himself in a situation where he goes from thinking he's a father and dating this girl to she's or whatever, his ex. And there's drama with the new girl he's dating who's kind of a punk to like that's not real and he's like finding drama to fill the the gap sort of. Yeah, my and my my other thinking there is that where was he that night when Brianna woke up and couldn't find him? I think he was probably sleeping with Aaron's best friend. Ah, so that's why I mean my other question I, is I think that's where why they're tied, but I don't know how he he keeps talking about how the three of them him, his friend, and her are tied together. And I think just because they were going through the shit and burning it and getting it, I think. But maybe there was something. Maybe they witnessed something that yeah, night, or okay, like maybe that. There's got to be something. So, else. But, okay, He's she pulling pulls a gun on her. The thing she pulls from the diary. Don't yeah. Don't know what gives that is. to the police. Girlfriend says it's a photo. It All is. Right? It does look like a photo, um, but I, don't I, know I what thought it, it was indicate. just a written piece of the diary that she found interesting. Uh, theory from the female again is that that is a picture. Of like John and Aaron, because you got to remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mayor has just called the the chief of police and said, "It's Billy. It's Billy. I'm going to get Billy. Billy, 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 Billy." And the chief of police is like, "Tight. Wait for backup." And Mayor's like, "I'm gonna hit the yep. I'm gonna hit the gas now. (laughs) I'm exactly like that chick from that other show. And don't do what I'm told." And she hangs up. Yes. And uh, 
So on that note, when the chief of police is handed the photo, he's like, get Mayor on the phone immediately, which makes me think whatever he's just been handed contradicts what they were currently going off of. Yes. That it has to change what he thinks. So maybe it's that John is so distraught, so fucked up, such an alcoholic that he doesn't really know what happened at all. And he's just broken. And when Billy's asking him, like, did you kill her? I'm sorry, when John is asking Billy, I'm sorry, and Billy is who I'm talking about as the alcoholic, as the broken yes. one. Yep. Did you kill her? And Billy's just saying, yes, I did it because he's done. He's, he's at the end of his rope. He's got nothing left. He Emotionally, he's hit rock bottom. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and Billy, his brother, I'm sorry, John, his brother has decided to take advantage of that in your theory and in one that I think operates well within yeah. this universe because yeah. otherwise that phone call from the chief of police to mayor, the frantic call does not make sense. It doesn't make sense. Get mayor on the phone immediately. If he if she was already operating under the correct assumption that John or I'm sorry, that Billy was the killer right, and right. the father, then yep. whatever he was just handed wouldn't have spurred that reaction. Yeah, so exactly, exactly. that's where, again, we know Twisty McTwisterson is coming. Yeah, It's just a matter of like, how complicated could it possibly be? And, in, 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 and I think it's hard to take it beyond where we're at, where the Billy and John brother situation seems to be the crux of the whole thing. I mean, in, in the way that dad was operating in the kitchen... It was like a dad who knew this family was fucked up already. Like, there was enough. You know what I'm saying? That was like, there was real. When he's just like, what are we going to do about your brother? He seems so fr- scared. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. so afraid. Yes. And it's just the whole thing built around that side, that whole family, this whole town. This the whole town, town sucks. The whole town. Guy Pierce has got to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. And, and please, you know, drag Mare with you. Please. But Mare's got to be there with the kid. You know, she's got her grandson. She's Speaking grand. of her grandson, he spends one night with mommy, and mommy yeah. falls asleep on the she, bathtub. Yeah, because she's working She's working her ass to the bone trying to, you know, support her, her new life. She's out. She's give, She's trying. Okay, but... Can't ask for more than that. You, you do need to maintain awakeness during bath time. Which is why... She's going to come to mayor on Sunday and, and say, be like, I need help. Custody. I need help. Yeah. Because, I can't do this alone. Yeah. I'm so sleepy. Yeah. I fall asleep on the bathtub. <laughs> what a fucking idiot. <laughs> I thought that kid was dead and I was about to be like this fucking show. Yeah. I was pretty sure that it, we were, it, that, that whole thing, something else was happening there. They were, oh. it was like the simultaneously, like they were they, destroying they, they, they cha- us. They were chasing down the girl and Brutal. the, and the. Um, what's his face was drowning in the bathtub and I was like, it's not going to be that dark. They're going to pull back. They're going to pull back here and this will be a little, this will be just be a, a scare because they can't, they can't kill him. They can't kill that little boy. Barrett, I was terrified. I, I was, thought... I mean, no, it was, it, this show was wildly tense, man. It's really like, j- just to kind of, to use this to segue into, to, to what I bumped up against a little bit in this episode. Last episode was obviously so phenomenal. And it's one of those things where the show, it it so nailed its first five episodes, right? But the way that it set up its story where we kind of have this break after five where it's like, okay, now here's our first big twist that these cases looks like they actually weren't connected after all. And a character that we fall in love with dies tragically. So they got to turn that page now and they have to come back to our central mystery. And this episode felt like you know, it was it was as to be expected in a way, which is why I still found it very enjoyable. But it was the setup episode for our big grand finale. Yeah, and so it felt like we were 
going through the motions of like bouncing around place to place to each of our little pockets or groups of characters and being in like forcing the story forward with with narrative or um you know uh exposition or like do you know what I mean? Well, this is exactly why like, they started inventing the penultimate, like why yeah. the Sopranos, where we just hit one of the one of the great penultimate episodes in television history in season two of the Sopranos, because it became too obvious. Everybody right. knew, well, okay, this is episode nine. Jack shit's gonna happen because yeah. next week's the finale. <laughs> right. We're just gonna right? move the chess pieces around to exactly where they need to be. And then yeah. make them all explode. Yeah. And yeah. and that sort of grand finale fireworks show that doesn't work for a mini series or a one time like six episode fucking the, the penultimate or having the the having a grand finale like having a big I'm finale. saying the penultimate doesn't really work because you need closure and explosion in that final episode because yes, that's yes. The, that's where you're sticking your landing right, right, right. you're up in the air still at this point you don't want to just because we had some badass acrobatics last episode doesn't mean you can just cash in all your chips penultimate when you've right. got one more to go yeah and then yeah. that's it with mayor of east town i don't think anybody's expecting this to become a series right um look anything that gets made these days if it no, has success yeah nobody ever closes the door on it Kate Winslet has said that she would enjoy play coming back to the character of Mare. So it is... It's up in the air. It's up in the air. I would put it in the big little lies category where, like, if the right people decide that they want to do tell another story around revolving around this character and Kate Winslet is available, they will do it. Because this has obviously been a, a, a very big success and um, has received lots of lots of acclaim and lots of love. And, uh Yeah. But but it certainly does not need a second episode, and I will be ha I will be just fine if they decide to wrap it up after this after the, the one second season limited yeah. series. I think they're done here. One I don't I, I don't think we're going to see anything else. So again, yeah. to your point, like there's no way that this episode five could have been nearly as intriguing or explosive as this four one, six six. This, sorry, yeah, yeah. is seven the final one? Seven's the final. Weird number. Yeah. Seven being the final um, coming up this Sunday. Yeah, it, it just. It had to feel like it was a little bit of a moving the pieces around the chessboard episode for that reason, but I think it put them in places where, like, I mean, I didn't expect them to full-blown have somebody confessing to the crime in the penultimate, which was right. still a big moment. It still sets up a lot of confusion instead of answers where the way this starts, like, because, again, I can't figure out a reason why John would tell his wife you cannot let Mare know about any of this. Yeah. Which, by the way, she just does not go with. Another, but she thinks about it. By the way, that was just a, that's another example of how the show keeps subverting what we expect. Like, oh, we're like in a reg in a regular you know procedural drama like this, right? Like Mare's best friend, she you know she's just binded to her husband. She's going to stick with her man, and she's not going to say, and then it's going to ruin the whole thing. Mm -hmm. There's another great, really small little subversion where it's like, no, no, no. Her husband's a cheating piece of shit and Mare's her best friend, so she's just going to spill the beans immediately. Yeah, she might think about it for a second, but that's it. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it's another, it's like there's been 20 of those in this show that right, have made it, yeah. taken it yeah. to another level. And that guy just doesn't make his actions like, again, you can try to write it off as, well, he's just scared, he just wants to bury it all, and just, but okay, this is a very, like, everything is pointing to him at this point, to, to Billy. Everything. Yeah. The only reason to go the route he's going is to keep Billy from sharing some other information or the, the result of Billy getting arrested resulting in more information coming to light, like, you gotta tie John in somehow, I think. Yeah. I think that's where you're, you and you and I and everybody else who's on that path are... Well, what I'm looking forward to next week is that we're right here at the climax. So I do, I do think in some way that we will get kind of an explosive 
first act here. And then I think we're going to get a nice like like coda for for acts two and three, where we wrap up the her grandson storyline and what's Siobhan going to do? Is she going to go to Berkeley? Like like we're go- we're, we're going to have some. We're going to try to get a little closure with these with the other kind of like B and C plots that that went beyond like this main mystery, which are the ones that actually made the show really hum in the first place. Like, you know, like w- by the time we got around to episode five and the, 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 the action of it all was, was certainly what we were all talking about and all, all really taken back by and, and just really impressed with. But, but the reason this show, every episode is so good is because of the smaller moments with, with these people that we've, we've grown to know. Um, and so I, I so I, they can cash those chips in too. Exactly. Back so half, so yeah. really like, you know, give me a full hour episode on Sunday and, uh, let me see some fireworks up front and then, uh. And tell me, you know, tell me where everybody goes from here. I have one last question, yeah. and then we can move on from Mayor of Easttown until our uh, discussion of the finale next week. Shaban, um, is she suspicious to you in any way at this point? Or no. you believe her to be just it, it just rooted in Mayor and her family yeah, and the storyline no, there? I, I, I totally think that that is the the they're they're using her as like the kind of. Look at what this town does. Can somebody that's talented like Siobhan, but from this family that has a lot of dark darkness and grief hanging over it, can she escape it or not? Is she doomed to like the same repetitive secular life? And I'll lay I'll lay Siobhan out for you, okay? She's cyclical. Cyclical life. She's walked in on her brother's suicide. That has obviously fucked her up like it would yep. anybody. Um her dad is uh, divorced from her mom and now married to some other woman and being accused of crimes in front of her mom, who's a detective. <laughs> She's broken up with her boyfriend? Girlfriend. Girlfriend, and is dating another girl, mm-hmm. uh, the radio girl. So her life, her re- relationship life sort of in disarray. She's, she's making a documentary of some kind about her brother, and she was the last person to see uh, our victim alive. That's right. In the woods. Now, here's the last part. It's really going to fuck you up. Remember in this episode where they said, hey, the bullet, science, blah, blah, blah. It was this kind of gun, which means it was probably an old detective's pistol. Mayor, your dad probably had one. Why throw all that out there, bro? Why have all this random shit hanging so that it could possibly be Shaban? And they keep painting her up in this sort of disheveled fucking... Yeah. Like, I mean, she is a weird one for me where I'm like, and I look, I watched the next week on fucking HBO thing. Mm -hmm, And, mm -hmm. you know, I'll just say this spoiler free. What I saw really made me question some of the lines I just dropped. Like, okay, they're going to tie this shit in and it's just going to get weird. We none of us know what the fuck is going to happen on this show, obviously. But it's like, are they going to are they going to stick it like with a more basic thing? Or is it going to be insane where we all explode and Twitter goes crazy and there's a bajillion? Okay conversations so I, my, I don't know my, my one rebuttal to that would be that i thought that they did it, it seemed perf- purposeful to me in episode six in this in this most recent episode when they showed billy when he when when we saw that gun in the tackle box mm-hmm. i thought that that gun looked pretty old school and in and right like it was like maybe that's kind of the old style gun that they're talking about and in contrast i thought it was very purposeful that they have dylan pull that gun on Aaron's best friend, Katie or whatever her name is. Sure. Not Katie, but what, whatever. whatever it is. Yeah. And uh and it is a Becky. And it is a modern looking 
like you know Glock or or whatever. Clearly else. not. Clearly the not the, the old school detective pistol that gun, Mayor's yes. dad might have had. But you are right. And in 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 the tr- preview for next week, I actually tried to pause a little bit because you see a, a box opening. With, with a like an old detective's pistol in it. And it's old, old. And we don't know where that is from or who's opening it, and you can't read the name inside the box either, so... Which, again, it's like... It's almost like at this point, I'm like, is there a second shooter but tie, on the grassy knoll? But tie that together to me. Why do you think I have that, no idea. That's why, why I'm like... Why, yeah, yeah. And again, it makes me... Qu- the whole yeah. John and Billy thing is like, what? And that's why we're in a great spot here. Yeah. And that's why, like, yes chess piece moving but like in the best possible way yeah, where now i'm end, even more confused right, than i was the episode, before i was just like god just give me the give the me seven give it to me now drop that see? shit right now see that's the beauty of it though yeah if they gave it to you you wouldn't get that you wouldn't have that like this week this conversation we'd already know yeah think about how lame that would be i know Instead, no, several totally more right. days of something to yes, look forward gotta to anticipate yeah yep, all we gotta yep. do is stay alive four or five more days you know once again, just round of applause for this show because it is so it, it, the the fact that it is doing both, the, yeah. you know, get you get you a man's that can do both because yes. the drama and the character development and the acting and like the I want I want these people to be okay and and also show me all your demons like <laughs> in your therapy sessions just like <laughs> your dirty laundry so 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 good and and just small intimate scenes like. Richard and, and Mare hanging out on the couch with cheesesteaks and rolling rocks are like uh, impeccable. And then at the same time, like they're doing a great whodunit mystery here with two ups with the last two episodes. And like I, I'm I'm chasing theories and and you know desperate to find out. So and they've had a couple other shows like The Undoing that sort of waded around in these waters. Yes, but this but is the this first is... one where we're all I'm we're it's just like undeniably great. Yes, yes, and yeah, and yeah. and again. You know, one more left. It's not like they can't shit their pants. <laughs> they can, but I, I would say it is highly unlikely at this point. And uh, one more thing. So like I like Barrett was saying earlier, I have not read anything about this, actually. The only stuff I've gone off of for Mayor of Easttown the entire time has been the conversations that I've had both on the microphone and off with, with friends and people around me. Um, so I am interested. I'm quite sure. There are other substantial theories out there online that people have uh, dug into, and I'm interested to hear some of y'all's takes on social media. So holler at Barrett and I, at Barrett Dudley, at WR Bolin. Um, you know, just based on based on the amount of time I've spent thinking about this show, I don't believe there's one that's going to be so spoiler-laden that it's going to ruin whatever's coming this upcoming Sunday. I don't, I don't believe that exists. So hit us with what the theory, any any fun theories that are out there. You know what I'm saying? If somebody's actually sure, sure. fucking solved the thing, don't hit me with that. But <laughs> I want to hear what y'all have to say uh, in regard to what Barrett and I are thinking, in regard to what other people have said and are thinking. So holler at us on social, at Barrett Dudley, at WR Bolin, and then uh, you know, y'all know the OCC accounts, right? Today's episode of OCC is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the most comprehensive daily nutritional beverage that Barrett and I have ever tried. It's great stuff, and with so many stressors in life, it's difficult to maintain effective nutritional habits. Some days I forget to eat lunch. You know, it's hard. I have not eaten lunch today. It's already one forty-two. Thank goodness I got my greens. Get your morning. greens, just like Barrett did this morning, so that he doesn't have to worry about eating lunch a little bit late because he had his athletic greens. It's all in uh, daily, all in one fucking delicious nutritional habit that contains 75 vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood, and more. And they all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, increase energy and focus, aid with digestion, and support a healthy immune system, all without the need to take multiple products, which is key. 
Barrett. That's key, and that's why you get your greens by visiting athleticgreens.com slash dragon today and joining health experts, athletes, and health-conscious go-getters around the world who make a daily commitment to their health every single day, and guess what? You'll get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs when you go to athleticgreens.com slash dragon today. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash dragon. Free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today. Two things I want to hit on before we bounce. One, did you see that they're making a new Willy Wonka movie and that it's titled Wonka? Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Yeah, Timothy Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet is going to play Wonka, and that's a perfect casting. And I don't know anything about this. So, so can Wonka's I, hot now? Can I throw out a question? Is Wonka hot now? Did you not think Wonka was hot before? <laughs> Johnny I Depp just, not hot Wonka to you? No, no, no. He looked really strange and What weird. about old boy? From the OG. Hotter than Johnny Depp, probably, as as far as, you know. He's he's a meme lord, so he's got that going for him. That's what is hot, that, right? What is that guy's name? What, me, Gene, Gene Wilder. Wilder. Gene Wilder. Thank God. Whew, pulled it out of my ass. Yeah. Um, Ross, this did, not, this did not start a fire in my loins. I'll, okay. I'll tell you that much. So I don't know anything about the announcement other than this Timothy Shalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalal
Oh, he they offered Leo, and he straight up was like, "Nah, sorry." He has ha- he has had calls with Marvel, yeah, for sure. Man, yeah. I wonder what kind of numbers they threw at him. I bet I bet they hit that dude with a hundred M. Probably. And he was like, "Nah." Or they were just like, "You can have half a percentage on the back end." Yeah, which is like a hundred M. hundred M's. <laughs> <laughs> they make so much money on these fucking movies, um, or dude. whatever. But like, I just this is this is. This is at the point where now I'm like, okay, how far can they take this? Because I was reading all of the different sure characters. The I don't think I can think of anybody else that that has said no. I don't. So Brad Pitt has not been in one yet, but he was in talks to play. I think I think he he had even maybe signed on for a role in Deadpool at one point. What? I think he was going <laughs> to. Ironically, Josh Brolin I think ended up playing the role. So, um. Of uh oh, Cable, Brad Pitt huh. was the original choice for Cable in Deadpool, I believe. Uh, but so, what is this uh new Marvel thing called Eternals? Eternals. Okay, I'm just gonna read you the list because did we go through the list of character names? We we, we no, we we did not go, do that, and we all, I think I also forgot to mention that that we we talked about Rob Stark and Angelina Jolie being in this movie, and then also obviously that it's directed by Chloe Zhao, who just won all the awards and directed Nomadland. That we're stoked but, about. But Kit Harrington, Johnson, aka Jon Snow, another Game of Thrones guy. If you've ever heard of him, um, he's also in this film. Yeah, read, he's playing read, Black Knight. Read me some character names. Okay, so here are the big superheroes in Marvel's Eternals. Okay, being played by the likes of Angelina Jolie, the cast of Game of Thrones, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, <laughs> directed by the winner of Nomadland. Blah yes. blah blah. Yeah, Icarus. Like that it. sounds familiar. It's tight. Okay, now. Athena, Cersei, S-E-R-S-I, okay. Macari, Fastos, Sprite. So these are gods. These are gods and nymphs of some sort. Kingo, or they're at least named after them. Druig, Gilgamesh, Black Knight, Thanos is in there. Star Fox, which I'm confused hey! about at this point. And Gar, Kingo, Sunan, Mentor. Anyway, you haven't heard of any of these people is the fucking point. No. Except for Thanos, you know, and maybe some of the ones that are gods from Greek mythology or whatever. But this, I, I have no clue what, what the hell is going to go on here. The fact that it's Marvel has almost nothing to do with it, right? Right? Or is it all going to tie into the bigger oh, universe no, too? No, it's going to tie, tie in. I actually have not watched the new, tra- the new trailer. I think a new trailer just dropped within the last couple of days. But it apparently maybe shows a little bit more about how this will tie into our... Our future our phase fours, phase fives, phase sixes of Marvel or, or whatever or what have you. So in phase like eleven, um, when you and I were our grandparents or yes, whatever, are yeah. we going to be taking our grandchildren to a movie that stars all of Hollywood? Like there's just two hundred a <laughs> listers on screen and just Dude. lasers and bullets and shit flying everywhere. I'm telling you, that already happened. That just was Endgame. Get, get to Endgame, and you are going to be like, oh my god. Okay. Because there is a massive battle scene, which basically is 75% of Hollywood all on the screen at one time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But we're uh, getting to, they're going to just like, well, let's just double that. And now they're just throwing out like Carcass and Elysius and Gar. I, I guess so. By the way, uh, this is this is a little bit, this is older. This is from, it's almost a year old now, this press release or, or whatever. I'm on, I don't know what I'm on, Rojack Daily. Uh, Who take, knows? Take it with a grain of salt. But last year... Uh, Brad Pitt was rumored to be uh, in consideration for somebody called Hyperion. Some somebody called Hyperion. Hyperion. Um, there was another rumor that he was tapped to play a major villain to fill the hole left behind by Thanos. He he's been tied to Marvel stuff a couple of times, so I think that he's just waiting for the right 
fit. They're, they're waiting for the stars to align for the right project, the right, you know, the right, the right thing to bring him in on. But you couldn't get Angelina to drag him in as Hyperion to Eternals. Uh, no, I, don't, I think they they've they they've got bad blood. Ah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Many children together though. So, uh, Hyperion. I'm glad he passed on that. I don't think I would like to preserve my elitist A-list. Don't get me in superhero movies group of actors and actresses if possible these are actors that you do not want to show up yeah okay. i don't want them going into marvel and like leo's one of them i would like brad pitt to be one of them okay did they grab olivia coleman somehow they did yeah god damn it yeah we, we talked about her yeah she's, she's in shit man <laughs> she said fuck it yeah yeah I think she can pull off the prestige and the Marvel shit, though. That's the thing. I think they may have created a universe where it doesn't matter anymore. Nobody's judging this no, shit. Nobody's like, oh, you're not. in a Marvel movie? Nope. You can't do serious nope. acting. That doesn't exist anymore. Exactly. Yes, that's totally accurate. The, the, the wall's been torn down. It has. Mr. Gorbachev. Tear down that wall. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah. That's all my thoughts and feelings for the day. Um, okay, I got a couple to throw at you here. Hit me. I am watching, I'm about halfway through the first season of Girls 5 Eva on Peacock. This is a... Okay, sure. This is a, a, a comedy that was... Um, the, 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 the showrunner or the, the original writer is, is Meredith Scardino, who worked on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And then this is it's produced and also, I believe, they're part of their writing team by uh, Tina Fey and Robert Carlock, who obviously did 30 Rock and... Um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt as well. They've had some success. It is very, very much in line with those two shows. If you like 30 Rock or if you like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, both of which I found extremely enjoyable uh, and and smart and funny. Uh, Kimmy Schmidt, obviously a little bit more on like the wacky end of things. 30 Rock on the very, very just like ultra fast paced joke after joke after joke that hit on a lot of, lot of like relevant pop culture stuff. It kind of finds its spot in between Okay, the, the two kind of versions of of this style of comedy. It is 100 jokes per minute, but it's making fun of a lot of like celebrity culture and pop culture and and the music industry and 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 everything else. Uh Are and they a girl girl band, they're a girl a gr- group? They're a girl group. They're and an, it's Girls they're 5 a, Eva. Girls 5 Eva is a girl group that was popular in the age of TRL and boy bands and, and okay. all of that yeah, stuff. Okay. Yeah, cuz it says it under the title of the show the little cap yeah. line or whatever is an encore 20 years later. Yeah. Uh, anyway, very, very fun, very easy, quick watch. Um, it, we, you know, we're, like I said, I think it's eight episodes in the first season. Maybe it's yes, 10, but eight. we've already watched five or six in a, in a week and a half. Eight so episodes just in the a, first season. Just an, uh, a, a good, a good comedy to, to throw on your list. And it's on Peacock. It's on Peacock. Yeah. Peacock. All right. I have that. Um, and then I just wanted to also throw out i just i had on like a born movie i think born legacy into born supremacy on sci-fi channel just like as background tv yeah. the uh the other day and at the beginning of um supremacy or maybe it's ultimatum who knows who can tell I, I don't know the ones named specifically uh, patty considine shows up in a little cameo he gets his head blow uh blown off by a sniper and he is obviously our, our outsider guy and is starring in the new uh, Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon show. Oh my god, dude! I never placed Patty as either of the things that you just mentioned. <laughs> that that I like that dude a lot. That's yeah. our Game of Thrones dude. Yeah, and Matt Smith, who played Prince Philip in the first two seasons of The Crown. Damn. After we get HBO to sponsor us, we could be talking to this guy, yeah. Patty. And then um, Double D Patty. In that scene, right the uh, the ops room, they call in an asset as they do. Yeah. 
And in this case, the ad, the asset is played by, um, let me make sure I get his name right. It's Edgar Ramirez. Yeah, Edgar Ramirez, who later has gone on to do other stuff and is a face that you'll recognize as well. I think he was in The, the Undoing. Um, and I just wanted, I just wanted to throw it out there that getting cast as an asset in mm-hmm. any of the board movies is like a top five acting role for me. Here are the directions. Carry around badass weaponry, including most likely a sick sniper rifle setup. Yep. Look hot as shit. Gotta be hot. In and jack. Like weird, kind of generic looking, cool men's schlubby clothing that, that makes you blend in. But, but you're being hot, so we're gonna make sure that it all looks cool. Yes. Get into some type of motorized vehicle at some point and ride it around a very cool city. Whether that's like a Vespa somewhere in Italy or uh-huh. hopping on the subway in London or getting in a car in Germany, you're going to be doing some type of, of movement in a vehicle while looking hot. In By the way, have I mentioned good, that, you have, have, that you have no lines to memorize, but you're going to be on all. screen for like a solid 15 minutes in a row? You don't have to say shit. You're on screen <laughs> the whole time, though. Like, do you think that did, did whoever did Tony Gilroy, whoever was directing these, whichever the movies that I was watching, do you think they even had to give this guy direction? It was like, it was like a 30 second chat. It's like, Hey, Edgar, Edgar, come over here. All right. So you got the gist, right? Yeah. So you're, you're, you're a badass assassin. You were trained by Blackstone and your brain is completely wiped. So you don't really have a personality. Just look cool and, and kind of menacing, but also be sure, make sure to be hot. And then just go, go try to snipe Jason Bourne and then hop on your cool motorized vehicle of which there are many to choose from. And uh, it's a wrap. All you have to do is hit your marks. All you got to do is hit your marks. That's it. That's the whole role. Uh, uh, it oh, really is one of the best you the can way, possibly get. If you're, if you're lucky, you get to do some hand-to-hand combat with Matt Damon slash Jason Bourne. And the thing about the, like, see, okay, because I was watching Skyfall recently, <laughs> and, and it's similar, but, like, you don't want to end up a Bond asset or, like, one of the dudes they send after Bond. No, because they're all kind of doofuses. Yeah, like, you don't get the FaceTime. Like, like, the, like yeah. the Bourne guys are always legit threats. Like, yes. oh, shit, he yes. might lose this fight. This yeah. guy's got a crazy sniper rifle and or is really good at hand-to-hand <laughs> combat, just like Jason Bourne. Yeah, because he's from. they're both from Treadstone, man. Every Bond guy they send after him is like, you know, I mean, the scariest one they had is a dude who threw his hat, like, 30 years ago. So they, they got nothing going there. Yeah. In terms of the dudes they send as assets. Now, the big bad Bond villains, like the one in Skyfall played by... Javier, uh, Javier Bardem, Bardem yeah, yeah. is awesome. And uh, they, they have too many gimmicks, right? Like yeah. their face melts off or like they have weird removable teeth or like they throw a hat or they have a half face of gold or whatever. That's kind of one of the things though. You have to have like, <laughs> you have to have something insane about you or you can't be a Bond villain. So like, yes, the part where he takes his face out and half of it melts away and he's like, look at what you've made, mother. You're like, oh, God damn it, James you, Bond. You will remember, though, in Casino Royale, which was the first Bond film that was like, hey, we need to be more like Jason Bourne. Yes. They have that original scene, which is not quite an asset going after Bond. It's really more Bond going after an asset who yeah. happens to be a badass at parkour. Okay, that, parkour. Was, that was a but good one. that dude that Bond is chasing, he's basically the Bond version of like an asset. You're right. And he gets to do the whole sick thing Bro. where he's like jumping off of scaffolding and like onto cranes over an ocean in Africa somewhere. Like, But more complicated than the version you, it, get, version you get in no, Bourne, that, which that, is where you just what, get no, to show up. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The Bourne asset version is, is it's more just desirable. a great role to get. And you're probably going to be like Edgar Ramirez and people are going to be like, hey, that dude was really good at being hot on screen. Let's cast him in some more shit. Do you think there are people in Hollywood who like think like this and then they like they hit their agent <laughs> and they're like, anytime there's an opening for one of the hot assets in either a Bond film or a Bourne film, 
get me in there and let me read for that shit. I feel like I could crush that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Patty Considine, I, Considine, Considine. Yeah, whatever. I look forward to speaking with him in the future. Um, wait, so is, is he also from... Uh, I'm going to have to pull up this man's IMDb while you think of any other closing notes that you uh, want to pass on. Because is he also from that Broadchurch show I watched Maybe. as well? He's been in a lot of stuff. Yes. Oh, he's a Peaky Blinders guy. Oh. oh. I knew I fucking knew him from somewhere. Peaky fucking Blinders. Which, by the way, I started... God damn, what a come up. The third day. That's the other thing. He was Mr. Martin in the third day. This dude's been in a lot is what you're, is what you're uh, telling me here. Yeah, but... Dude, this is, and as we know, HBO likes to keep it in the fam. The House of the Dragon, Outsider, thing, Third Day, now House of the Dragon. Based on the cast, and the more I find out about it, I'm trying super hard not to get excited, but like they've got me on the cusp of a boner at this point, a throner, if you will, because hashtag throner, hashtag Mudgate. I just don't, think... <laughs> I just don't think you get these people to sign up for something if the story sucks. I think they would have to have read it. Like everybody knows, this is a fucking risk. Yeah. Everybody knows this franchise needs a come up. Yes, there's bags tied to it, like money wise. But dude, I don't know if you can just get like. It just looks like they've got their shit together. Is all I'm saying. I'm excited yeah. to see what Game of Thrones does in 2022 with the House of the Dragon. We, since we do have a few minutes remaining here, I will bring up one more thing. I read a headline on Deadline, and a uh, headline on Deadline. Ha ha. Ha ha. And I will. I, I'm not going to read a bunch of it to you. I have not gotten through the whole thing. But here, here's the the big piece of it is this, and I'm this is the very first line in the article. For the first time since the start of the Big Four era in broadcast TV. Two of the four networks, NBC and Fox, will have no live-action comedies on the fall schedule. Damn. Um, and the, 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 the gist of this goes on to talk about how, like, basically live-action comedy on for broadcast television is, like, a losing investment. The studios are, like, backing out of the genre, and, it, and almost just, like— Almost just like the like the movie production companies are just like giving comedies to the streamers, just be like, yeah, this makes more sense for you. That seems to be kind of what's happening with with comedy on broadcast television as well. The big example last year, um, obviously, being uh, Palm Beach. We were like, this Palm Springs, Palm is the, Springs. Mo the movie example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, would have been one that like that didn't make sense. Normal release as like a streaming theatrical was, release. Yeah, yeah streaming yeah. was the option that made more sense. Right, hard to go spend eighty dollars to to watch Andy Samberg and Christina Milioti and a Christina Milioti and like a little and low budget comedy you know that's one I'm totally fine watching on my couch same vein you get a lot of people binging things like the office friends these old school uh, Seinfeld all the old great comedies right uh uh House or uh, Parks and Recreation, House of Recreation, Parks and Recreation, all those House other of the recreation. And when you watch those, and it's like, want to watch this next? Like the the streaming services can recommend that next quirky, stupid live action. Yeah, comedy but it was for the you, but that's what's interesting, right? Bro it was broadcast that gave us all of those. But that, so that field has so, sort of been lost to yeah. the streaming world, almost as a byproduct of the. Uh, like the redistribution rights or whatever, like that. I I doubt the networks saw that coming. Like, well, people are now going to exclusively watch short comedy shows on their streaming services because yeah, we I don't, fucking yeah. trained them to. Yeah, the the I think the what what we're waiting for, and and we're still relatively fresh in in this era. But there's I I can't name a a twenty to thirty minute show produced and developed and brought to our 
to our eyeballs and our screens by a streamer that is now in that sector where you're like, yep, I'm just going to watch eight seasons of this in a row as my like chaser show. Right. And we don't have, we, we don't even have eight seasons of one of those shows yet, but like they haven't, they haven't, honestly, the closest one that I can think of is probably younger, but that started on regular TV too. And then uh. moved to the streamer. Right. Yeah. We're just still in this early era where so they, they have not really cracked that code for producing that, that type stuff. Of, of comedy where it's, 21 22 minute bites and they're going to make 300 episodes and then you're going to keep coming back and rewatching it and putting it on late night and putting it on as your chaser show or putting it on while you cook like they don't they have not figured out how to make those yet and so it's just kind of weird that broadcast is also like well they're not making any money for us so we're out i think it's kind of like like trying to go viral online though you can't really force that it's almost like a you have to throw enough shit at the wall and some eventually you'll make something that's if you're trying to make great stuff all the time eventually something's going to be good enough to to strike one of those mm-hmm. veins right theoretically but just in the way that those those types of shows are being absorbed in 2021 which is and especially with the way the world was turned upside down in 2020 scheduling commute work from home wise People's binging schedules, their entertainment schedules have become different. The way things, I just, it's hard to imagine many people below the age of like fucking 60, which at that point, I think you stop watching short comedies Mm -hmm. for the most part. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You're you're watching, you know, the news, the fake news media. Um, And the the Equalizer starring Queen Latifah. Yeah. At that point, like. And a show called FBI. Can you imagine anybody you know, like sitting down to watch a seven o'clock comedy on network television? Like most of us are trying to no. get rid of the cord at this point, or what's it Ex- called? Cut yeah, the cord. exactly. And when I was watching those shows real time, it was a totally different era. There, I, I didn't have a streaming service. I was DVRing those shows mostly. Right. So it is a very weird era to like trying to be the and 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 the the most DVR, recent. I think the most man. the most recent one I can think of was the Good Place, and the Good Place was a, was. Honestly, a little higher brow than than the ones that we're naming in, yeah. in a way. Like it, it was similar, but it was shorter seasons. It wasn't. They weren't trying to like do twenty four episodes a season, and it was. Uh, it was just. It was kind of an in between. It was almost like a broadcast comedy that was meant for a streaming service, right? Right. So it's uh, which we'll see more of apparently. Which we, which I think we will eventually see more of. Um, that it did just also make me think of how crazy this was. Now. Don't go fact checking me here, okay? Okay. Just let let me say this and let it be fact because I'm fairly confident that it was true. Okay. <laughs> but can you believe that at one time NBC was airing at the same time? I think their Thursday night lineup consisted of these four shows back to back to back to back. The Office, 30 Rock, Parks and Rec, and Community. That was their those shows all overlapped. They all were on NBC. And I'm pretty sure they all were on Thursday nights at one point. Yeah, that's really, really, really hard. That is like, that's like winning four lotteries in a row. Whoever was in charge of like whatever the version yes. of scouting is Developing for shows, and, development. And doing the, yeah. It, yeah. In that era of NBC should be given an entire network to operate. Yeah. Because they had the fucking eyes for the scripts, buddy. That they shit. Did. They really did. That is a really, really rare era to be, like, because that's a lot of classic shit, right? That's all four of those are classic. Yes. You cannot no, knock any absolute, of those. Nope. So that's community, dude. It's one of those ones where even when I was watching it, when it was on the air, like I would catch one here or there or whatever, like back when I still used to watch television, yep. not just streaming. Um, 
it was funny as shit, but I obviously didn't really pay attention. And then it's one of those that, like Arrested Development, just has this insane fan base it that's does. like rapidly uh, pushing their show th- all of the that's time. That's our chaser show right now. That's our like quick hitter that we throw on. That's a good and one. So we're almost through season three of it, and it's the first time that I've rewatched it since I was watching it live. And again, it's another one where like, you know what the most amazing thing about it is, and you could say this for a lot of uh, several other shows, but community for sure. And it's a Dan Harmon show. So this is the same dude that created Rick and Morty. So it's not that surprising, but like the way that they were already tackling like gender and race and, you know, just all of that type of like those kind of like, it was very forward thinking. Those yeah. modern kind of 2020, 2021 issues that are right on top of our mind at all times now. Man, they were tackling it in such a amazing and like heartfelt and like just it's just great. It's a, they 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 crushed it, man. The show holds up. The the most recent show, just in case anybody cares, that I've watched as a uh, as as like my passive throw it on, laugh some, get some chuckles, always have a good time, absolutely no risk was Broad City. Uh, which I, I mentioned at one point yeah, man, and it's one that I've show. worked my my working my way through the fifty episodes they've got or whatever. And that shit's hysterical. It's like stoner chick comedy, sort of, but it's fucking great. Like, I mean, it's chick comedy in that the two stars are women. It's hilarious to me, and I am a dude. <laughs> Therefore, I don't know if you can classify it as chick comedy, but it is damn funny. Very well written and acted. And like, I just like watching stuff where the people um, acting in it are are the creators, right? That have That have written the material and that are deeply connected to the comedy. That's always fun. So... Broad City shouts. Thanks for keeping me entertained. Sweet. Yeah, that's all I got. We'll be back next week for uh, probably more Marvel news, if I had to (laughs) guess. But Mayor of Easttown's finale being the big thing we're going to discuss next week, the majority of the show. Mayor of Easttown coming to a close on Sunday. Cannot wait to talk about... uh, I mean, we'll see how much they leave us with uh, in the end. Like, you know, you know, they're not going to give us all the answers, probably. So, or at least that's what I've come to expect at this point from these type of shows. They... Dark ruined me, where I just—you don't even have to tell me anything anymore. <laughs> like at the end, I, I, you could just make up some crazy time travel shit, and I'm like, yeah, cool, whatever. It was a good, <laughs> it was a good ride. Mayor of Easttown finale on Sunday. We'll be back next week. Thank y'all for uh, being here with us. And oh, Bo, big news, big news. One last announcement: Steve Sharipa, the uh, the gentleman who played uh, Bobby Bacala on The Sopranos, will be joining Barrett and I on Patreon on Thursday. Which is uh, good fun to kind of season two of The Sopranos is coming to a close for Barrett and I this Wednesday. We're watching the finale. We'll be covering it on Thursday on Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles with a companion podcast like we've done for every single episode of The Sopranos that we've watched so far. Ad free. Barrett's a first time watcher. I've been through it several times. And this uh, Thursday, we have one of the actors from the show who plays Bobby Bacala, uh, Jr.'s sort of right hand handling man in season two. It was Steve's first season on the show, okay? So, like, we're going to get his perspective on joining the Sopranos cast, what that first season was like. He's not really a big role in the season. He's more of an observer. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, sort of see if we can check in with him every season because he's one of the guys I've got a connection to. So if you're interested in watching The Sopranos with Barrett and I, that's another big episode for us coming up Thursday, closing out season two, episode 13, I believe it is. And we will have actor Steve Sharipa on as our guest. Very good. Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. Thank you, and until our next helping, goodbye, friends.